Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Futuros, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? It's 291 6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. We certainly wish you would. And I see Trey has been patiently holding already. Good morning, Trey. Good morning, guys. How are y'all today? Doing wonderful. Doing great. Great. All right. So my question is, I have a 95 Chevy Tahoe. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to milk a few, a few more years out <laughs> okay. of I've got 143,000 miles on this motor. Mm-hmm. And about a month or two ago, it started. I noticed that the oil pressure was dipping down very low when I was idling at a stop sign or a mm-hmm. red light. And then as I accelerated, it would come back up. Okay. And I'm also about, I guess, a couple of weeks after that, I noticed that I was leaking oil. Mm-hmm. And I've looked on the internet to see what that might indicate is, the, you know, maybe the oil pump going bad or is pressure just the result of the, the leak. Yeah, I've never seen an oil pump go bad no. on an engine like that. You know, an oil pump is two hardened gears running in oil constantly. It's not going to go bad. The spring could break, but in that case, you just lose oil pressure all the time. Okay. It's not going to make it dip down at idle like that. More likely... It's going to be one of two things. Either the oil pressure sending unit could be going bad. A little bit of a long shot, but cheap, easy fix. What I would try to do is I would go in, take the sending unit out, screw a known good gauge into that port, and see what the oil pressure is actually doing. Now, if the oil pressure is holding fairly good, then just change the sending unit and you're home free. Now, if the oil pressure is dropping down at idle, then more likely you've got some excessive clearance somewhere inside the engine, like worn bearings or something like that, and it's just bleeding off more oil pressure than what it can maintain. At that point, as long as it's just, if it's dropping some, but it's not going to zero, in other words, you've got to have a minimum of 10 PSI per 1,000 RPM. So at idle, if you got 10 PSI, that will basically still run that engine. It's not going to burn up or anything. If it's going much below that, then you just got to kind of make the decision, do you want to rebuild the engine or where do you want to go with it? But I would certainly verify that it is dropping off and not just indicating that it's dropping off. I've seen sending units go bad a number of ways. Sometimes they'll peg all the way over to 90 when they shouldn't. Other times they'll start dropping to zero when they shouldn't. Fairly cheap, easy fix on that vehicle. You can get to that probably less than an hour. Just reach around the backside of the intake manifold and it'll be back there. Okay. All right. Well, very helpful. I appreciate y'all's, uh, y'all's help. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, thanks for calling, man. All right. Bye-bye. All right. 291-6901. If you have a question, just give us a call. That's one of those things that we hear and see a lot. And changing a oil pump on a 5.3 liter engine is not an easy task. It is a major, major task. I mean, you just about have to take the motor out of the vehicle to do it. Just about. And I've never seen that fix one. I've seen it done mm-hmm. trying to fix it, but I've never seen it fix one now one other thing trey if you're still listening there is a little tiny screen underneath that send unit down when you take the send unit out i'm not sure if that engine has one it's a 95 oh it was I didn't, a 95 i thought yes. it was 2000 no i think he said 95 oh, okay yeah 95 would be a 350 no that would not have that that's the 53 which would be you know, from there up and also on that engine it would be easier to change the oil pump but same advice i've never seen that right fix it's one. never fixed one hardly mm-hmm. no because like, oil pumps just don't wear out Right, they're, it's they're just running all construction. Constantly. Yeah, yeah, it's just two gears running, two hardened steel, two hardened steel gears running right. all all the time. So I've seen them change trying to fix that. And Very seldom. Never, yeah, you generally it's excessive clearance on the bearings. You right. just can't hold pressure against that excessive clearance. 
Let's go back to our phone line. We got Joey online. Good morning, Joey. Hey, good morning, uh, Lewis. Y'all, thank y'all for taking my call. You bet. Two quick questions. Mm-hmm. One, I'm got a job. I'm thinking about tackling on my son's 03 Suburban 5.3 liter, mm-hmm. and it's no joke. He bought it from his employer. They used it to go back and forth to Odessa, Texas, twice a week. Wow. Mm-hmm. Things. It's got 570,000 oh, yeah. mm-hmm. miles on the original motor train. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway. The rear main seal on the motor is leaking like mm-hmm. a sieve. Yes, sir. Pretty so common. on the 5.3, yeah. So on that one, because I told him, I said, well, either save you money and you're going to pay somebody to labor or buy me a transmission jack. I know we got to pull the tranny. You do, right. And i got a four-post lift, mm-hmm. and I've been working on cars my whole life. Yes, sir. I'm middle-aged now, so I'm trying to decide if I want to tackle it. <laughs> but this, on this engine, once you pull the tranny torque converter, you get it. Uh, you get that out of the right. way. Is it a plate that bolts on the yes. back of the motor? Seal? Yeah, it's a plate with a seal in the plate, and okay, they come as a set. You're gonna get the gasket okay. for the plate, and you're gonna get the seal. Okay. Be kind of senseless not to change both of them. Normally, the plate is leaking sure. and not the seal, but I mean, it's kind of silly not to change both of I them. I mean, you're there, yeah, yeah, right oh, yeah. there anyway. And watch that plate when you take it off. Look at it real, real close. Make sure there's not some porosity in the casting because they had a lot of trouble with uh, that. And what happens, it has like little pinholes in the casting, and what it'll do is it'll seal for a while, but then it'll start leaking again. And GM's okay. fix is just to take like some RTV sealant and fill a little porosity in when you put it back together. So, yeah. They got wrap. Or you can get another can plate. plate. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're 50, 60 bucks. They're not real major. Uh, Doesn't the plate come with a okay. seal already installed? The plate probably will come with a seal, might come with the gasket. So if it, yeah. came, if it came with the gasket and the seal, then it would be a pretty good yeah. deal because right. the gasket seal costs you almost that much. Yeah, I kind of like that idea. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, if you so, go on my website and just type in rear main seal, there's an article with pictures and everything, all exactly what uh, oh, that's okay. about, yeah. Okay, because I, I figured it would be the usual. You're going to take the wiring harness off the tranny, drive shaft, cross member. Right. you got to unbolt the torque converter and... You know, tra- you just uh, push the torque back into the transmission, unbolt and flywheel. It stays yeah. in the transmission. You don't want to take it out of the trans because the seal on the front of that trans that can start leaking if you pull that out. Gotcha. So just, just push it back on. into the transmission, take the bolts out the gotcha. flywheel. And if you got a trans jack, you can just kind of roll it back out of the way. You don't even have to drop it right. down. Just roll it back yeah, in and get in there and work. Yeah, that's what I was telling him. Okay. Now, uh, the, my other question. Go ahead. The wiring harness on that transmission on the neutral safety switch, okay. they, they used a type of grease when they put it together over time mm-hmm. it gets hard and that okay. connection is extremely difficult to take apart mm-hmm. sometimes right. you got to put a little heat on it just enough to warm it up do you have to take it apart if can you, you un- just move it back the there may be enough harness you can just slide it back you don't have to unhook it but if you okay. do you may have to heat it up a little bit yeah they kinda, and work it bad about leaking if you tamper with them too and yeah you pull the pan yeah. and everything to get in there and change if you could avoid taking that apart you'd be better off right you know, maybe you just unhook yeah. the harness from the floorboard and just kind just of slide the whole slide thing back. back. You'd probably be best yeah. off. It's time to change the transmission and filter. Well, if you can change that anyway, anyway, you can buy that little connector. It comes with the seals and stuff. Just replace it while, while you're in there because sooner or later they, they're going to start leaking. Right. Yeah, I might do that. All right, well, that give me some paths to go. I'll, I'll check it out on your, on your website. Mm-hmm. Second question, you were talking about all sending units. I got a 05 Chrysler Town & Country, mm-hmm. 3.8 liter quarter million miles no mm-hmm. yeah, you can tell i keep vehicles a while oh yeah bought it new but whatever anyway the oil sending unit is that on the front end is that on the front of the engine you know to face yeah. the radiator i couldn't not tell you sure. right next to the oil filter i couldn't tell you i Maybe. work on so many different cars i'd have to look it up and service <laughs> that i just can't commit it to memory anymore 
you know, back when That's you had right. 350 Chevrolets and, and 283 oh, yeah, Chevrolets, right. I, I yeah, knew everything knew, was. You knew specifications for crankshaft journal sizes everything, and everything, you know? There's so many engines now, and they put stuff in so many different places. i got to go to service dad on everything nowadays. But it looks just like all the rest of them, you know, yeah. almost like a little spark plug, black plastic yeah. with a little metal base. Yeah, it's leaking. I just, I'm pretty sure that's what Usually it is, they're up around the oil filter somewhere. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured out. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll get a picture of it off the internet. There you so. go. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Thanks, Louis. Okay, Joey, thanks, yeah. man. Thank Bye-bye. You. All right, 291 If you'd like to be part of the automotive, we would absolutely love to have you. Go ahead and give us a call. Or you can go to our website if you don't want to get your questions answered live. That's right. Or maybe if you think something during the week. There you go. You can always go to agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O. AUTO.com. There's a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button, fill out the form, and send it on in. There you go. Couldn't be any easier than that. And I always get an answer back to you within 24 hours. Sometimes it's a lot faster. It just depends on where Time I am place. in proximity to my computer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to take our first quick little break. We'll be right back with more. So, Tina, are you interested in shopping next weekend? Oh, well, me and Harold leave for our European cruise on Friday. Another cruise? What? Are you all blowing the kids' inheritance? No, we're just smart with our money. Like, our cars are paid off, and we're big on preventative maintenance. Harold takes them in once a year to Agco for a general inspection. They check everything out and perform maintenance on what we need to keep the cars running right. You'd be surprised on how fast you can save for a cruise without two car notes. (laughs) Wow, I never thought of that. I have time to do a little shopping this afternoon, though. I've got to get Harold a bathing suit. He keeps saying he wants one of those tiny Speedo suits because that what everybody wears in Europe, and I cannot let that happen. Okay, now I have an image of Harold strutting around the pool in a Speedo. I think I'm going to book a general inspection from Agco to clear my mind. He wanted hot pink, too. (laughs) Tina, stop. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Thanks for joining us. This is the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldezan, and, of course, you just give us a call. We'll be glad to try to put you up the top of the list, get your question asked, get some information to you. That number is 291-6901. And if you people from Baton Rouge can call, and we'll get your questions answered. There you go. If you're out of the state, you just have 225 in front of there, and it's all the same. And <laughs> out of the United States, you can yeah. add the world code, yeah. which is 01. 01. There you go, and. Yeah, we had a gentleman call from Italy last weekend, yeah. I think it was. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. So, and I get email from all over the world. Got one this morning from India. India. Uh, yeah, a guy wow. had a Volvo, and he was wondering how many miles. Said he had to rebuild the transmission. He's getting a little worried about the motor mm-hmm. because of the high mileage, but didn't burn any oil and didn't have any problems. I said, well, as long as you have no symptoms. Yeah, no reason to go into it. Some last the life of the car. And a lot of that has to do with the way the vehicle is operated and stuff. I was just kind of thinking about that topic. And, Mm -hmm. of course, most people have seen the new Mobile One commercials where they say once a year you can change your oil and all that kind of stuff. And I had a fellow email, and he said, what's your opinion on that? Uh Of course, Mobile One's position, they have added some long-life additives to the oil, and they claim it will hold up for a year. Right. Or uh, or 20,000 miles. That's the fine print. Yes. You can't go over 20,000 miles. They also say that under the manufacturer's warranty, you still have to follow the manufacturer's recommendation. Correct. Or that will avoid your warranty. So it's kind of an open-ended thing. My thought on it is they're just kind of playing the numbers. It's kind of like when you buy an eight-year battery. They know it's not going to last eight years, but if they charge you twice as much for it, less than half the people are going to come back for warranty. 
Some people are going to sell the car. Some people are going to lose their receipt. Some people are going to do all sorts right. of things. So I think it's probably just a numbers game. If you are putting 20,000 miles a year, then you probably, your vehicle's not. You're, you're in the road. Pretty, I mean, yeah, you're, you're driving. Pretty, pretty much ideal conditions to operate. And if you're putting considerably less than that, then it's probably not going to make too much difference because you're not putting enough miles to matter. It's kind it's of the, the guy caught in the, in the middle. middle. Yeah, he's the one who is going to likely have problems. And what my contention is, if the rear main seal starts to leak on the car, and my opinion is the stuff in the oil that keeps that seal pliable has gone away. Right. But are they going to cover that? Or are they only going to cover an engine that burns up? Their warranty reads kind of, Vaguely. Kind of vaguely, mm-hmm. it says all lubricated components. Right, but is that a seal? Is, exactly. And or as they said, well, a seal you got a hundred thousand miles, seals just leak, so that's not covered. And you know, if you're not if you're not changing your oil on a regular basis, you you may not be checking it on a regular basis. That's right. And today's vehicles will burn a quart of oil in every thousand miles. They may. The standard in uh, General Motors bulletin came out the other day. It was a quart in every five hundred. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So you know, you go three thousand miles. You run out of oil, the engine burns up, now who's to blame? Yeah, and, and of course, they specifically say you must check your oil regularly. Correct. And that's not a bad idea. That's one of those things that people have really gotten away from is checking their oil level. Most people mm-hmm. don't even open the hood anymore. Right. Because there's really nothing that the individual can really... Not a whole lot he can service Not a whole lot he can anyway. service. You know, spark plugs, plug wires, if it vehicle has any, can still be done. Right. But as far as everything else under the hood, I mean, just disconnecting the battery can cause a world of trouble. That's right. And what, without checking, of course, people are kind of spoiled by the fact that they've got all these warning lights that pretty much tell them when anything goes wrong. So right. the problem is with a lot of oil lights, now we're talking all pressure. Correct. Not and Because most of them don't have an oil level light. Some do. Some do, but most don't. And by the time the oil pressure drops low enough, some of those are set at 3 PSI. Uh-huh. If that oil pressure drops to 3 PSI at 1,500, 2,000 RPM, you've you've damaged the engine. You're running metal on metal then. So it really, I know people don't like extra jobs and and stuff being thrust upon them, but that's one of those old things that you do still have to check the oil level on your car. And I check mine occasionally, but it's always full. Right. Of course, both my vehicles have had 3,000-mile oil changes with Mobile One since the day they were born. And my Buick, I've got 161,000, 162,000 miles. There's not an oil leak on it. Never burned a drop. Never burns any oil, never leaks any oil. Right. Check that oil level before we drain it, and it mm-hmm. is always full. Right on full. But, again, it's had really, really good maintenance. It has. It. And with the type of miles I put now, I could extend that oil change out somewhat because – Right, before you were running back and forth to work in right. it, five minutes at a time, ten minutes at a time, right. maybe five miles. Right. Twice a day. Right. But now you're putting it on the road and driving it for an hour at a time oh, yeah. or an hour and a half well, at a time. Well, I'm going back and forth from New Orleans twice a weekend. Well, there you go. So it's getting considerably more miles put on it and under very, very good conditions. Sure. So the point is we see so many cars come in, the valve covers are leaking, right. the rear main seal's leaking. And these things a lot of times don't get equated back to oil changes, although that is the cause of it. Mm-hmm. The oil let the rubber get hard because it didn't keep it pliable. The additives right, all the additives away. went away. You know, the oil itself may very well hold up. Sure. For a, a long, it won't oxidize or fail for a very long period of time. However, the liquid contaminants that get in the oil can start to corrode things. Not only that, but the filter can't take them out the because filter, they are a right, liquid a contaminant. A liquid will pass right through. That's the filter. right. That's what the filter is designed to do: is pass a liquid oil 
but anything else liquid is going to go through it also. Well, yeah, absolutely. And cars that don't get driven a lot, cars that maybe get driven a couple times a week. Or maybe short trips. For short periods of time. What happens, that moisture, because every time it heats up and then cools off, particularly in South Louisiana where the humidity is so high. It condensates inside the engine. Right. And the dispersants in the oil are going to break that condensation up and try to contain it because that's what they do. Right. But the only way to get that out of the motor is one of two things. One is to drive it for a couple of hours where it can get up to full operating temperature. And maintain full operating temperature. Right. It has to maintain an oil temperature above 212 degrees for a period of time so that that can start to boil. It turns to steam. It rises up. PC system sucks it out. But that's going to take several hours to occur. Sure. Now, if you drive from here to Atlanta and back, it probably cleans the oil up pretty good. But most people don't do that. No. And the only other way is a drain and fill. My contention has always been all changes just don't cost that much. No, not compared to a new engine. Or Yeah, a new engine, which minimum you're talking probably six to $7,000. Or even a major repair to an engine, like a rear main oil seal. A rear main just, seal. for instance, on a Suburban. Right. Trans has got to come out. That's a couple hours labor. Well, and, seals, and that's a fairly easy one to do. Yeah. Let's say you've got a front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. Honda or Toyota vehicle. or yeah, it yeah, may whatever be it may be. 10, 12, 14 hours labor to pull that transaxle assembly out. Just to get to the seal. Just to get to the seal. So it just, to me, does not make any kind of sense. I don't see a reason why you would want to do that. I don't it, It's just not cost-effective really to me. I can't make the numbers work in my yeah. mind. So... Let's go back to our phone line. We've got Billy online. Good morning, Billy. Morning. How y'all doing, brother? Doing great, sir. Doing great. I got a 2007 G71 LTZ, mm-hmm. and I'm fixing to change my oil. Here, y'all talking about oil. Mm-hmm. I've done this before when I had my 95. I lost it to Mother Nature and mm-hmm. Gotcha. But is it good to get that oil treatment to put in there as well as the oil? I don't put any kind of additives in mine, Billy. I keep cars a long, long time. Generally, 250,000 plus. And I have never used any kind of uh, additive or any kind of treatments or anything. A good modern oil has everything in it that it needs. And just because some is good doesn't mean more is better. That stuff can interfere with some of the additives that are in there. It can do all kinds of stuff. I don't know any manufacturer that recommends any of that. Every one of them says do not put anything in the oil. Put the regular oil. Change it on a timely basis. I just don't see any reason for it, and it could possibly cause a problem. So I, I would not. I would not recommend it. Just... Change all a little more often, and you can be good. Use a good filter. Mm -hmm. Use the factory filter. I was going to ask you again, what's a good filter? I like to use the GM Delco filter, and the reason being, and I can't talk about name brands on the air, but some of the name brands are really not much pumpkin. I got an article on my website about, just type in all filter on my website. It'll bring up an article with cutaways, and I'll show the difference to some of the filters. Also, GM filter is maybe not the absolute best filter ever built, but it's always going to be a good filter. It's always going to do the job. It's designed and and built for that application. Right. A lot of companies have a good filter, and then they have another junk filter, and like some companies will have a silver line and a gold line. But the average consumer doesn't know that. He just goes down there and buys a filter in a brand name he recognizes. He gets a silver line. He's getting a junk. You know, he may be getting a white box Chinese knockoff. So, right. I mean, the Delco filter, you can buy it at Walmart if you, you want. Buy, you can buy it anywhere. As it's long readily as you see Delco filter, right. you're going to at least have a good filter that you know is going to be right. So you don't have to go to Napa to get it. You don't have to. No. no, you can buy them at Walmart. Just buy an AC Delco filter for it. AC Delco filter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I was going to ask you one more thing. I got some timers, not all timers. I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> the truck I have. It's only got 58,000 miles on us, a 10-year-old truck. Yeah, low mileage. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a friend of mine 
one owner truck and uh, he passed away and I got mm-hmm. it that way. It's actually a way to do it. It's in great shape and everything, but I was just, I'd heard from this stall stuff that it helps the seals better than the regular oil, but I'm sure the mobile one five thirty, which I'm putting in it. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Mobile one is going to have anything yeah, and, you, and everything mobile you need. One will tell you, do not put anything right. at all. Everything it needs is already in there. And when you start mixing chemicals, it can react with some of the stuff and it can, it can negate the, the, benefit, the benefit of what you're buying. You know, so you don't you don't ever put anything in in there. You want to use just the all the five W thirty good Delco filter on there. And frankly, you will get tired of looking at that truck before the motor wears out. <laughs> I tell you one thing, that truck's gonna outlive me. I got a great deal. I'm a Chevy man all the way. So what can I say? There you go. Okay, hey, have a great day. Thank you for your time. All thank right, you. Billy. Thank you, man. Bye bye. All right, two nine one sixty nine oh one is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive, we would love to have you. Take one more quick little break, and we'll be right back with more. Hey, Mike, heading out for your run? (laughs) I just knocked out three miles myself. Yep, did my meditation this morning to de-stress, and now I'm going to get a little exercise. Tomorrow I need to take the car into the shop, though. That shaking problem's getting worse. Uh, You know, you should take care of your car like you take care of your body, and it would save you some money. What do you mean? Preventative maintenance is key. Me and Kathy bring our cars in once a year to Agco for a general inspection. They give them the once-over and perform the maintenance needed to keep us on the road. I haven't had any kind of major problem with my cars in forever. I guarantee they would have caught the cause of your shaking issue and fixed it before it became a problem. And probably saved me money, too. Yep. All right, I'm heading home this evening for steak and lobster. Then Kathy and I are going to test run our new hot tub. Surf and turf and a new hot tub? Yeah, and champagne. Saving money on your car allows you to enjoy the finer things in life, Mike, my boy. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Go ahead and give us a call, whether you have a question or a comment or just want some general information. That's right. We'll get you started or, more importantly, get you stopped. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about oils and oil changes and all that kind of stuff. And right. I came across an article. In fact, a fella emailed a link to it, and it's where Toyota took a Tundra, it was a 2007 model, and uh-huh. it had a million miles on it. Wow. And they, a million tore, they miles. tore it down, and they said it was really no appreciable wear. Okay. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Toyota. They do build a good, they, very good vehicle. They build a wonderful product. But to get a million miles in seven years. Got to do the math. Yeah, do the numbers. You're probably putting 160,000 miles a year. Right. Under those conditions, Almost any vehicle will go that will far. go a long, long, long. That's ideal condition. So, sure. like the gentleman who called earlier, he had a vehicle with five hundred thousand miles, but it runs to Odessa, Texas, and back twice a week. There you go. Again, I mean, that's perfect conditions. Under ideal conditions, vehicles last long, long, long time. Sure, and what, I'm sure this one was properly maintained as and, well. And what kills them is the the lack of being driven like that and well, the lack of maintenance. A huge number of people out there. Just for whatever reason, I'm just going to pick on elderly people just because I am one. A lot of elderly people, there's two of them living in the house. Sure. They both want a vehicle, understandably. They want to go somewhere at the same time. They want to be able to go. But they just don't drive them much. Right. The lady may go to the beauty shop. She may go to church once a week. She may go to the grocery store. The husband may go here, there, or yonder, yeah. but a lot of those vehicles we see, they don't get 5,000 miles a year. I know. Some, I, we had a guy come in the other day, he put less than 1,000 miles in a year. In a year. 
Yeah. Now, that is extreme conditions. Sure. That is extremely hard on a vehicle because, as we said earlier, the oil builds up liquid contaminants. All the additives and stuff go away. Under those conditions, a person needs much, much more frequent maintenance on sure. the car. And the reason that I mention all that is because it's irresponsible, really, to change all base just on a certain mile or certain time. You have to take into account how you operate the vehicle. Exactly. If you take it out and you drive it and put 20, 30, 40, 50 miles on it a day. Every day. Every day. That is ideal conditions. Right. You it, could probably, go a, you can probably longer, go a little longer. Particularly if you're using synthetic oil. Guys who get in their car, they drive 100 miles one way, and they do it twice, three times a day, they could probably go out six, 7,000 sure, miles. without and any re- trouble. Not really have any problem. But if it takes you a year to put 3,000 miles, you got a whole different situation sure. with all maintenance and not just all change. That is beyond severe service. Yeah, that really is because that is a service that was never intended. The vehicle Correct. was never intended. I always try to equate it back to a human body because people seem to understand that a whole lot better. But if a man lays on the couch and doesn't move around, what happens to him? Right. I mean, a guy is very active all his life. He retires. He lays on the couch, watches TV, puts on 20, 30 pounds, the next thing you know, he has a heart attack and he dies. Right. I mean, how common is that? Very common. To, to see. Cars are, a car can't heal. A human body can at least heal, but a car can't. So when you're using it in a manner where it's not really designed to be used, that is very, very hard. You're going to have to really accelerate your maintenance Correct. if you want the car to last. And the only reason to do that is because it's less expensive than not doing it. Exactly. So you want to do it to save money for yourself. Let's go to the phone lines with Lewis on and it might be me, Bruce. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had had a wrong wrong name right now. Sorry about that. Well, go ahead, Bruce. I'm always wrong anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got a new Ford F-150 uh-huh. with a 302 or five liter engine. Yes, sir. In, Ooh, okay. And the thing takes eight quarts or just about eight quarts of oil. Yep. yep. Does that extend the oil change? It can extend it some because you have a larger quantity of oil there to be depleted, and that's where if you notice the cars that go with these really long oil changes. More oil does two things, Bruce. One is it gives you more oil, more additives to deplete. But number two, if you use some oil, you got more reserve there. So that's why a lot of the cars now, well, you'll see eight, even ten quarts of oil in them. The big thing I don't like, you know, it depends on the way you're going to operate the vehicle. If you are making a lot of short trips, well, it's still going to get just as much yep. moisture in it. It's still going to contaminate, although you do have a little more oil there to absorb it. So. The answer, I guess, is yes and no. It, Yeah, it will give you more than less oil under the same conditions would give you. But I still don't find it cost-effective to push it out to extreme. Yeah, I just don't like pushing anything to the edge. You well, know, I'm, I'm the guy that changes my tires when they get to 230 seconds. I don't wait until they're slick. Yeah, me either. I don't wait till my coolant is depleted to change it. You know, I like to do preempt things proactively, right. pre- preempt problems, because I find yeah, it's cheaper for me. Yeah, I just I was wondering because uh, I'll probably still change it every three thousand miles anyway. Well, it couldn't hurt, especially if you're no. not making a lot of long trips. You're doing a lot of little short trips in it. I mean, all changes are cheap, especially if you do them yourself. I mean, it's just good insurance. Yep, but I don't do that no more. I'm getting too old. For I understand. Mm-hmm. Understand. <laughs> uh, all righty, that's all I wanted. No, all right, Bruce. Good question. I just wondering. Thank yes, you. sir. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number. You're part of the automotive hour. And we've got Joey online. Good morning, Joey. Hey, you just Lewis. talking to Bruce. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, Lewis. Uh, and I'd called earlier. I've got you just brought up an excellent point. Now I've got a '68 Mustang that I'm working on restoring, mm-hmm. and you know I'm not gonna. It's not going to be a daily driver. It's going to be you know a once a week, yeah. you know Saturday cruiser kind of thing. Right. So 
what when I finally when I get to the point maybe later this year when I rebuild the engine, I want to put like I got to get the heads rebuilt so that mm-hmm. they're good for unleaded gas. Right, right. When it comes to the gaskets, when it comes to the the internals on the engine, I want it for you know modern oils. Make sure it's you know compatible with the modern oils, et cetera. But so how often should you know, if like you're saying if I only put three or four thousand miles a year on mm-hmm. the car. How often should I change the oil? I would use I would use a less? synthetic oil and I change it twice a year. Yeah. Okay. Because right, that's that you sense. know every six months is not going to get enough buildups. And what you need to try to do, Joy, if at all possible, is drive it at least once a week and not just a short drive. You need to probably yeah. put 30, 40, 20 50, miles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 40, 40, 50 okay. miles on okay. it. I mean, okay. take take it down to Mittendorf, get you some fried catfish or something, or take it to New Orleans. That's an excellent or, idea. Yeah, there you go. Excellent idea. At least once a week, try to do that, and you should be in pretty good shape. About the biggest change they made on the old cars is that the old cars had flat tappet cams in them, and almost all the right. new cars have roller cams. Right. Yeah, I was, they've taken yep. a lot of the stuff out of even the new modern oils don't have the same stuff in them that used to protect the flat tappet cams. You might go to the extra expense of getting a roller cam and putting in it. That would okay. definitely, definitely right. benefit you. If not, there's that an was... additive that you have to add to the all. Okay. Well, that's that's a good idea. I don't mind going with a roller cam. Yeah, it doesn't cost that much more. No, and it's going to be a better application. It's going to cut friction in the yeah. engine and all that, and it's last longer. I mean, I would just go with roller tappet cam because that was the single biggest change they made. And they take some of the heavy metals out of the oil that used to protect those so even though you're getting mobile one, it's not gonna have the heavy metals that made old, for a flat tap it. cam because right. it's, it's not designed for those old All engines. Right. All right, great. I'm gonna write that down. That's some good info there. That'll mm-hmm. be a, one of the two upgrades because I know I got to rebuild the heads, yeah, the valve guides and stuff, and I, yeah, mm-hmm. guides, and all that. So now I'll, I'll make sure when we when we do it, we'll go ahead with a roller cam. That's right. a great idea. That you might do right. check, too, on roller rockers because you can buy roller yeah. rocker arms. They're not that expensive anymore. Yeah. I, at one time, they were real high, but since so many cars use them, the manufacturing costs come down. I think you can buy yeah. them pretty reasonable now. Just make sure I'm, they're going to clear your valve cover because mm-hmm. some of those yeah, flat tappets, the valve covers were close to the top. You may have to get a taller cover. Okay. Yeah, so if you're going to run the yeah, stock covers cool. on it, you might check into that, and you might also check into distributor gear. Because they, uh, it, on the newer motors, on the roller motors, the gear it has a different pitch, I think, on helix. it. So okay. the old flat tappet cam distributor will not work in a new roller cam right. motor. Just ask whoever you buy so, a yeah. camshaft from. Or, what distributor gear you need or right. what distributor or something like Make that. Make sure that, everything's compatible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to change it to electronic ignition because oh, it's, yeah. it's original. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's original. It's got the old uh, No the points old in points. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still running the points in mine. <laughs> I've been too lazy uh, to change the distributor out, so. Now I'm gonna go ahead and go. Uh, that's one of the, that's one of the changes I'm gonna mm-hmm. make. I tell you what I would do. I had like this this 05 Chrysler I'm driving right now. It's got the the coil the coil pack yeah, and coil electronic plug. ignition. Mm-hmm. And I wish I've looked all over the internet and I can't find. I can find a fuel injection system, right? Yeah. But I can't find a electronic ignition where it's you know, yeah. See, it, it would be lift. totally different. Yeah, it, it'd be a totally different setup. You gotta have something that generates that spark because they don't use a distributor on the call on call yeah. plug it sends a low tension signal out to the call and the call makes a fire right but the Whereas computer the controls right you have computer. to have a computer to run all right that. and so you, right. you don't so, have the computer or the wiring to support it yeah it yeah. would look a lot uh, cleaner I'm, yeah it would really look nice yeah, yeah but you would have to have it can well, be done it's it just, can be done you'd have to have a different yeah. wiring harness and a computer wired yeah. in to run it all 
and a yeah, different distributor with a trigger in it. <laughs> yeah. So you got to have a cam sensor and a crank. Effort. You have to have a cam sensor, yeah. a crank sensor, and really a bunch of other sensors that the computer takes into account because oh, the timing yeah, and right. everything is established in the call. Right. You don't have a distributor to do all that, so that computer is establishing ignition timing based oh, on the yeah. coolant temperature. You'd have to have all the sensors that a model yeah, engine has. Tra- and, yeah, it's an old, it's an old automatic. It's 289, but right. it's a three-speed auto, so there's right. no... There's no electronic, right? No speed sensor that. or anything. Right, right, right. So that's eh, all right. Yeah, it's okay, a big deal, but it could be done. But... Sky dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for the call. All, all right. right. Thanks, Joey. Bye bye. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right. Two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive eye, we would certainly love to have you. Go ahead and give us a call. Take our next little break and be right back with more. Hey, Jim, Becky said you were in the office and, whoa, what is up with all the charts and graphs, buddy? Oh, I'm using my system I've developed to keep up with the maintenance on my three cars. Is that an armillary sphere? Yes, yes it is. So, the oil gets changed every third full moon. Brake pads divide the years Becky and I have been married by our oldest son's age. Timing belt is leap year, except when it's on the time. You know there's a better way, right? I just take my cars into Agco once a year for a general inspection. They give me an honest opinion on the maintenance and repairs I need. Sometimes it's just an oil change and they send me on my way. One time, they caught something that could have led to a huge repair. Saved me thousands. Wow, that sounds great. You know, I'm always trying to save money any way I can. Uh, Let me get Agco's number online and I'll give them a call. Is that dial-up? Dude, there's a better way to save money. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive <laughs> There you go. Any automotive question you might have, go ahead and give us a call, 291-6901. And you can reach us on the website if you happen to miss your opportunity today. That's right. The address is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. You can take the acronym Altazan's Garage Company, and that will get you to our site. There's a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button and fill out the little form with the make and model and all of your vehicle you're asking the question about. Mm Mm-hmm what the problem is, and hit the send button. There you go. Couldn't be any easier. I know a lot of people are a little apprehensive about putting their email address on anything, uh-huh. but you can rest assured we do not keep email addresses. We do not have any desire to aggravate anybody. You're not ever going to get any kind of marketing data. Exactly. You will never get anything from us, and no one else will ever get your email address. Not from us. Not from us. That is strictly for Return send only. Use, I'm going to reply to it, and then that's the end of it. Yep. Hit delete, it's and it's gone. gone. Yeah, we don't keep that. I just I cannot stand getting spam. Oh, I know. I just don't like it. I don't like the whole concept. I can't understand why a company would spend money to send to aggravate to people. aggravate their customers. Because when I get something that I did not request, generally that's it. I'm not ever going to buy that product, no right. matter what it is. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I'll put them on the blacklist real quick because yep. I, I don't like people who spam me. Let's go back to our phone line with Fernando. Good morning, Fernando. Hi, good morning, Lewis and Brian. How are you this morning? Good morning. Pretty good. How are you guys? Great, thank you. Uh, well, my question today was uh, regarding the uh, catalytic converters. Um, I had it. I had one replaced on my truck on the um, manifold. My truck is 05 Tundra V6, uh, and it has four catalytic converters. Yes, sir. And two of them are on the manifold. That is correct, side, right? Mm-hmm. I had one replaced, the one on the driver's side, and 
The shop advice to uh, maybe replace the oxygen sensor in the air fuel uh, sensor. How many miles do you have? Just, How many miles, Fernando? Um, about what, close to 180, about 178, something like that. Man, I can tell you, at 180,000 miles, those sensors are pretty tired. And one of the leading causes of catalytic converter failure is the oxygen sensor and the air fuel sensor no longer monitor the mixture as good as they used to. And the extra fuel mm-hmm. is what burns up the converter. So I got to say, that is not a bad suggestion. As long as you go back with the factory part. parts. Correct. Because yes. if you put aftermarket parts, you're probably worse off than you are right. before. But one of those sensors, at least one of those sensors is going to be in the manifold. So there wouldn't be any labor to change the air fuel sensor, I think. And then the other one is not hard to change at all. Very, very limited amount of labor. But yeah, I'm real big on replacing those at higher mileage. In fact, on my car, I've got the original ones in there. I was thinking the other day I may just go ahead and change all four of them just because they, they're exposed to exhaust gas. They don't last the life of the car. They're going to go out. They get yeah. weak. They don't read as fast. And catalytic converters, as you well know, are very expensive. So if yeah. you can do something to pre- prevent them from going out, not only that, but some people report they get better fuel mileage when they change them. Some people say they have more power when they change them. I know some cars do have on their maintenance schedule they recommend. Some of the BMWs right. recommend changing them at so many miles. Toyota doesn't have anything like that, but I've always been real big on replacing them preemptively because they're going to fail sooner or later. It's one of those parts you know it's going to fail, and if you can put a new converter on there, you're probably not going to hurt yourself at all to change the sensors. Okay, great. Can I ask one more? You bet. Sure. On the truck that I used to own, it said it was a 2000 Frontier. When I bought it, after a few oil changes, I could not remove the bolt to get the oil out from mm-hmm. the oil pan. So okay. I didn't know what to do. So um, I had the oil pan replaced with an aftermarket one. But okay. my question is, what happens in that case? Can a new bolt be installed on a, an existing oil pan? Or what What do you guys want Sometimes they can. You know, I've never seen where I couldn't get one out. I've seen where they're very difficult to get out. I've seen where the threads come out with the bolt because someone cross-threaded it in the last time. As far as but taking them out, they, they'll come out. You can get it out. It may it's be, just putting it back in is yeah, going to be the issue. If it strips the pan, there are people who will put an oversized bolt. They do make a plus one and a plus two. In my opinion, that's a stopgap measure to get you out of an emergency. That's not something I would trust long-term. I think the best answer is what you did, replace the oil pan. Mm. That's what we do Okay. if they're stripped. What, what about, um, um, there's these little valves that are sold that yes, people sir. put in place of the bolt, mm-hmm. and that way you don't have to... Re- well, uh, I've seen... It's I've one of those bolt. things that sounds like a good idea, Fernando, but a couple mm-hmm. of problems with it. Number one, you've put a valve where it used to have a sealed uh, bolt. Now, if you happen to run over something and hit that valve, and it turns open and drains all your oil out, you can have a big, yeah. big, big problem. Another thing is they tend to stick down lower, so they're more susceptible to damage. I mean, it's just not that big a deal. If you do the job properly, in other words, if you take the plug out, put it back in, and torque it with a torque wrench, replace the seal on it when you should, that oil plug is going to last the life of the car. It's just not a problematic thing. It's just that people are servicing them improperly. Right. We find them over-tightened. And uh, I mean, if, if you over-tighten or cross-thread a valve, right. you're going to damage it, too. I mean, there's there's nothing you can make is so foolproof that a fool can't tear it up, you know? <laughs> but I think it's just adding another potential problem. I would just go back with the regular drain plug. Like on your Tundra, there's a little gasket you buy from Toyota. They're probably less than a dollar. I would replace that every single oil change. And if you don't change your own oil, bring it to the oil change guy, hand it to him, put it in his hand, say, I want this replaced. And then have them torque that all plug I think to the correct application yeah. depending on what vehicle it is and what engine 
it's somewhere between mm-hmm. 20 and 30 pounds, foot pounds. Foot pounds on that. Yeah, I think it's around 30. But it depends on the application. Yeah, they vary, so you would need to look that up. What we do when we change the oil on a vehicle the first time is we look up the, the specification, specification, and then we take a marker pen, and we write it on the bottom of the oil pan. And that, that, that way we don't have to look it up again. Well, and the next guy doesn't have to look it up again either. He has no reason not to torque it to the correct application unless because, he's just lazy <laughs> because the spec is there for him that's right it's not something he's got to stop look up and then try to do because you know people being what people are a lot of guys in a shop particularly if they're a commissioned or flat rate mechanic they may not want to take time to go look up the spec so they just tighten it down and let it go so by writing it on the oil pan it just saves a step and maybe the next guy will do it correctly and then which, when it comes back to us we already have it we don't have to stop and look it up that's right the oil change goes a little bit faster all right well Thank you. Thank you guys as, as always uh, for, for being there and for answering all my questions. Oh, you bet. Yeah, How's sure. the weather out in California? It's a little chilly this morning. I have a sweater on. Okay. Uh, last week it was it was hot. It was like in the 90s. Wow. wow. This week this week it's in the 70s here, oh, yeah. here in the That's great. Central Valley. No rain, no, huh? No, no rain. Yeah, it's, it's raining right over most there. of the country. Yeah. <laughs> Had quite a bit yeah. in New Orleans yesterday. Oh, okay. So, yeah. All right, Fernando. Well, thanks all for right. calling, man. Thank you, guys. Uh, bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would love to have you. And, you know, that just goes to show that the things that happen in one place in the country right. happen everywhere. Well, I was just looking at the news a second ago, and they were showing up northeast, all these horrible, horrible rain showers yep. and, and nasty, nasty weather. Of course, we had a pretty big pretty shower Friday yeah. morning, but by midday it was out of there. Yep. It, the rest Cleared of the day up. was pretty nice. One well, a few times I had to take a taxi cab in, in no. the press guard. Yeah, generally I can you walk anywhere wait. I want to go. Oh, no. <laughs> it was coming down. <laughs> so we Run from balcony to balcony? Luckily, we were able to get a cab. Yeah. That can be a bit difficult oh, sure. in New Orleans in the rain. I can tell sure. you. There's lots of cabs, but when it rains, they all fill up real fast. <laughs> People <laughs> still like to move around. There you go. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about all changes and all life and all those sorts of things. And again, I guess if you want to summarize everything that we talked uh-huh. about, number one, good engine oil. If you use the proper engine oil, it's got everything it needs. Exactly. And because some is good does not mean more is better. You do not need to add anything to your oil. Right. Use a good grade of oil, the proper grade of oil, the proper viscosity, the proper specifications. Change it on a timely basis basis based on how you're going to operate the vehicle exactly that that's the big key and you know we see a huge number of cars coming in with what i call engine failures maybe not a catastrophic failure but failures of different types and i gotta say 75 percent of the time what we're seeing is just a lack of maintenance either it hasn't had enough oil changes in timely manner or the wrong oil was put in it about 75 percent of problems now maybe 25 percent we see either bad designs or bad manufacturing techniques. Part failure. Part failure. As in the case of the rear main seal on the 5.3, it's just a poor design. Yep. They had porosity in the cover, so they leaked. The Ford vehicles where the camshafts wear out in them, the Chevrolet vehicles where the camshafts wear out, that's just an internal problem more or less with the engine. Some of the 3.6 liters with a time and change stretch. The Chevy engines where the heads crack. Right. I mean, these are design and or manufacturing problems. Right. You could change it all as often as you want. You're still going to have those kinds of problems. That's just a buying decision when you buy the car to try to get the best product that you can. Mm -hmm. But that being said, by doing the proper maintenance, any car is going to last longer. Some cars are just inherently going to last longer than others, but any car is going to last a lot longer under the same conditions with proper maintenance as opposed to to not having it. You know, I had that 
question from a customer, and they said that if I service my transmission every 50,000 miles, will it eliminate the problem? I said, absolutely not. It will eliminate lubrication-related problems. Correct. And Which is a common failure. Which is probably the most common failure that we see. But if an electrical component inside the transmission, one of solenoids burns out, it's still going to quit working. Right. If a gear breaks. breaks or wears out or weld breaks on a gear shaft, you're still going to have a breakdown. Sure. So what it does, it shrinks your possibilities. It much, much increases the possibility of not having a problem. Correct. I'd say we're just about out of time. we got to start backing on out here. Tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on the Automotive Hour. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for also listening this morning. And tell your friends and get some more people listening. Go there to your go. favorite broadcast or rebroadcast pod service and find the written review and please fill it out for us. There you go. If you just can't find a place for a written review, you can always go to Google. Just Google our company name, which is Agco Automotive, and you can put a review there, there if you want. Perfect. Uh, just say, hey, we love the, the radio show or whatever the case may be that's it and that'll do just as much good <laughs> <laughs> hey preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry have a great weekend